invite you to open your Bibles to John chapter 10, starting at the first verse. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out his, all his own, he goes, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who, all who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to kill, steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? The word of the Lord. You may be seated. So we're continuing through our uh, adventure series and following Jesus and the title for today is Follow Jesus by Joining His Flock. Don't we love sheep? They're fluffy. They're cute. I grew up in Galt, which is kind of farming ranch territory south of Sacramento. And I was around goats and sheep a little bit, but I can't say I became very familiar with them. Not really, didn't take much of a liking to them, but in the little bit of Googling and research that I did for this sermon, um, I learned that sheep are very weird. Sheep need help. They need a shepherd, and without a shepherd or some kind of guidance, they're pretty helpless. They're just balls of fluff. Their legs don't carry them very fast. They don't really have any way of protecting themselves. They don't have very sharp teeth. They need help. Uh, some examples I have videos of here of sheep who desperately need help. 
hopefully. There's one. Just, you know, scratching his butt. Needs help, maybe from his friend. Yeah, another video coming of a sheep who needs some help. I'm not sure why, why he's jumping. His friends don't seem amused. And a final video of a sheep who needs some help. needs help so much that the dog, tiny little dog, is leading that sheep. This interaction of sheep and shepherds and Jesus giving these illustrations of what it's like for him to lead and care for sheep comes right after the healing of the blind man that we heard about last week. It's a weird story where this Jesus heals this blind man and then the Pharisees don't know what to do with him don't know what to do with the blind man. They, first, they think that they just traded guys out, some blind man for a not blind man, but then they go to the blind man's parents and they say, no, that's our son. Like You can talk to him. He's old enough. And they talk to him, and he's like, well, this Jesus guy healed me. And then they talk to Jesus, and they keep accusing him of, you're this person sent from the devil, and we don't believe you. And finally, Jesus comes to this, where he starts talking about sheep and shepherd right there in front of the Pharisees. When the Pharisees saw what happened to this blind man, they knew in their hearts, they were convinced that what they saw was impossible. They couldn't believe it. Regardless of the signs before them, regardless of their conversations with the blind man, the blind man's parents, with Jesus, they failed to see who Jesus really was. Their own knowledge, their own power and status blinded them to seeing what Jesus was revealing to them right in front of their eyes. It's almost like that the last video of the sheep being led around by the dog. Something other than what needed to be leading them was leading them. Sometimes I think we fall into that same trap. We can be so sure that we're right. We don't realize we're being led around by our own thoughts and feelings and emotions, our own insecurities. And don't get me wrong, thoughts, feelings, and emotions are not necessarily bad. We need them. We want to be thoughtful people. Our emotions are good. We want to address them and have them point us to to good things in our lives. But they shouldn't be the drivers. Like that little dog, they shouldn't be the little dog leading us around. The image that we use in the office a lot of times is a train. That we don't want let our we don't want our thoughts, feelings, and emotions to be driving the train. Something else should be driving the train. Something else should lead us, or else we can get into real trouble. Because when we listen to our thoughts and feelings and emotions, when we're distracted like the Pharisees are, we can't hear the voice of Jesus that's standing right in front of us talking to us, wanting to be our shepherd, wanting to guide us. 
So as we look through and dissect some of this passage today, I hope that you walk away with this basic foundational truth. That following Jesus and listening to his voice leads to freedom and salvation. Trusting only in ourselves or others leads to deception and destruction. The trick is that hearing and following Jesus takes some work. So let's see what we need to do to make that happen. Jesus opens this verse by talking about a sheep pen and a gate that anybody who doesn't enter through the sheep pen, through the gate, is the thief and a robber. One time I woke up, my dad came into my room, he woke me up, and he said, hey, did, did you invite a friend over last night? I went, no, dad, I, I didn't invite any friend over last night. My dad paused for a second, looked at me, he's like, are, are you sure? Nobody came over last night and hung out? I'm like, no, it's just me. And he said, well, then who's sleeping on our couch? It's like, oh, I don't know. So my whole family walks out to the couch, and there is this young man sleeping quite peacefully on our couch. Nothing else in the house is disturbed. He's just there sleeping. And so my dad kind of starts to try to rouse him. Son, wake up. You're in the wrong house. He doesn't move for a second. My dad shakes him a little bit harder. Son, you need to get up. You're, you're in the wrong house. And finally his eyes start to open and he turns over and probably has the most horrific realization of his life as three unfamiliar people are just leaning over him, staring him in the face. He's like, ah, I'm sorry. And he gets up and runs out. Oh, yeah, I should have done the Sharpie and pin. He was feeling bad enough already, I think. But, uh, yeah, he suddenly didn't recognize voices and where he was. And he got up and ran out. Those who belong to Jesus and who are familiar with him love him and want his leadership. They know his voice. It's familiar to them. They are comfy and welcome sleeping on his couch because they know they're in the right place. But following Jesus doesn't just involve saying some magic words, showing up at a specific place on a specific time on a specific day. If you want to follow Jesus, you have to acknowledge that you are sheep in need of a shepherd. When we acknowledge that we're sheep in need of a shepherd, we accept the guidance of Jesus in our lives. We commit our lives to him. We accept our limitations as a human. We don't live behind the lie or the mask that we can be something that we're not, that we can solve every problem, we can fix everything, that we need help. Sometimes this little device in our pockets can give us the feeling that we can know everything. Because I said, I didn't know much about sheep. I just had to type sheep in here. Silly sheep videos. Boom. And I found silly sheep videos. I can find whatever I want. But when we follow Jesus, we have to accept that he is in charge. That he can guide us and lead us in ways that we would never be able to. We need the protection and leadership that comes with knowing and following Jesus. 
We acknowledge that we are not more than what we truly are. Sinners in need of a shepherd and a savior. Isaiah 53, 6 says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Sheep without a shepherd just wander off aimlessly. They get into trouble. They don't have direction. They don't have guidance. They don't know where they're going. But when we follow Jesus, when we come under his leadership and guidance, we don't just get led to places that are good. We don't just have this great person that we get to follow. But the benefit of following Jesus, this verse tells us, is that he knows us by name. He calls us by name. There's recognition, acknowledgement. There's a relationship there because Jesus knows us for who we are. Yeah, we're sinners. Yeah, we need help. Yeah, we're just sheep. But he loves us unconditionally. He loves us. And he leads us in those best paths that are the best places for us. And that's why we've been encouraging everybody to read through the Bible because this is one of the best ways we can become familiar with Jesus, that we can learn to hear his voice, that we can know where he's guiding us and leading us because this is where we find him. The verse also talks about that there are those people who run away from a stranger's voice, that anybody who comes in that isn't Jesus, that isn't the shepherd, that the sheep run away from him. They run away because they don't recognize the voice of those thieves and robbers who are breaking in, trying to do harm. They only follow the voice of Jesus because that's who is the one who takes care of them. That is their shepherd. That's who they should follow. And honestly, if you come here on a Sunday and if you hear anything other than the voice of Jesus, get out. If you come here just for me, Get out. I'm just a guy. I get up here and hopefully my prayer is because I've studied and I've read this and I am sharing with you the voice of Jesus. And that's what you should be hearing today. Increasingly, though, in our world, it seems that the voice of Jesus is becoming dimmer and harder to hear. We have to work harder I had the blessing of being raised basically in church in a Christian family. I heard the stories and the voice of Jesus from the very beginning of my life. So when I was called to respond to Jesus, it was easy. That was familiar to me. I knew the voice. However, like Jesus says in the end of this, in the end of this reading, that there are others he wants to bring into the flock. And many of those people haven't been as familiar with the story of Jesus or heard his voice as I have or as many of you have. It's harder for them to hear. It's harder for them to pick up. They have to be trained to hear his voice. When we went to Presbytery recently, the Presbytery meeting for our regional collection of churches, there was a new pastor who was being examined, and it was a lady, and she talked about how she had children of her own, but that she had also adopted children. And one of the questions that somebody asked her is, well, how will that experience of adopt, of raising adopted children and raising your own children help you or guide you in ministry? And she said, the children that I had myself knew my voice. They had heard it from when they were in the womb. They were familiar. As soon as they came out, they knew exactly who I was. And they snuggled in and could look me in the eye. 
The children who she adopted said, didn't know my voice. They didn't know who I was. And as babies, their eyes would just wander all over, even though she was talking to them, telling them how much she loved them, how much she cared for them. Even when she fed them, it was hard for them to lock onto her and realize that she was their mother. It took time. It took effort, she said. And eventually they figured it out. But it had to be that continual process of feeding for them, caring for them, guiding them, that ultimately they came to learn that she was the mother that was going to love and care for them. People who don't hear the voice of Jesus or if they can't quite understand it may still continue to live in that lie of not needing a shepherd. But once they hear the whisper, once they hear the voice, and once they come to try to hear from him, we have to be sure that they can find a place here where they can find that voice and comfort. Where they can hear it in safety and learn to train their ears and eyes on Jesus. That we should be a community where people can come to feel his love, mercy, and grace in ways that they've never felt it before. So hearing the voice of Jesus, Jesus also talks about that we need to enter through a gate. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I think as Jesus is saying this, he is looking squarely in the eyes of the Pharisees. Those who have tried to lead the people in misdirected ways, basically acting as thieves and robbers. One of the commentators, Dale Bruner, translates it as thieves and ripoff artists. That they're somebody who's taking advantage of people, who, who is trying to sell them something that's not really what it is. They're trying to give them something and take advantage of who they are. There were lots of people and powers in Jesus' time who were trying to do this, acting as thieves and rip-off artists, saying that they were the gates, they were the way. If you followed them or you followed what they believed, that you would find salvation. The Pharisees right here in front of Jesus, of course, were saying they were a gate. They said if you understood the Bible like we did, if you lived pure and holy lives like we do, you can be saved. But in reality, all they're doing is heaping guilt on people. Weighing them down with burdens that they can never live under. The political power at the time, the Romans, they said, we're the gate. Follow us. Come our way and you'll be safe. You'll find salvation through political power and the military might and defense that we can give you. But that only came through threats. Fear. If you didn't walk in the way that Rome wanted you to walk, they threatened you with your life. It could kill you. The priests and those who were in charge of the temple said they were the gates. Come, give your sacrifices. Come, participate in this system over and over and over again so that you can find salvation. Keep coming. Oh, but by the way, you can never be a priest. We're the only ones who can do that. You can't find salvation anywhere else but through me. Their their salvation was unreachable, untouchable. You could never do enough. You could never be who they were. 
And I think we have many similar structures today. Anybody else out there offering salvation, but finding out there are hitches and things behind it. However, I think today it's also important to realize this, that we are not the gate. We are not the gate. If we're not sheep, if we don't act like sheep and we're acting like something else, if we're trying to act like a gate, the reality is, like Jesus says in this verse, we are the thieves and robbers. We're the rip-off artists. We're trying to be something that we're not, trying to convince others that we're something else, trying to convince ourselves that we're something else. When we're not listening to the voice of Jesus and following him, we're thieves and rip-off artists. If we truly believe that Jesus is the best voice to listen to, if it's him who brings people in and out, if he is the gate and it's through him that everyone is the flock, everyone in the flock passes through, we need to guide people in that direction. We need to guide people to Jesus and say that he's the one you need to follow. Like Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. There are people who are going to come in these doors hearing the voice of Jesus. Like I said, we need to make sure that they find him here. That they're not coming here just for us. They're not coming here just for me or Pastor Mike or Morgan or Bo or Dan. But they're coming here for Jesus to hear his voice and that we get to invite them into that, that we get to invite them to follow So if Jesus is the voice that we listen to, if Jesus is the gate that we're supposed to pass through, why should we follow him anyways? Why? What's the point? In the verse, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Jesus here saying that he is the good shepherd suggests that there must be some not-so-good shepherds. And what do those not-so-good shepherds look like? Well, if you turn in your Bible back a little bit to the book of Zechariah, we get an image of what a bad shepherd looks like. Zechariah 11, 16 says this, For I'm going to raise up a shepherd over the land who will not care for the lost or seek the young, or heal the injured, or feed the healthy, but will eat the meat of choice sheep, tearing off their hooves. A bad shepherd, a thief, a robber, a rip-off artist. This is what they look like. They don't care for the lost. A bad shepherd doesn't go out of their way to care for those who are missing. Doesn't take, it out, take the time out of their day to go care for those who are lost. They don't seek the young. They don't make sure that the youngest are included, felt welcomed and cared for. They don't heal the injured. They just let them go by the wayside. They don't feed the healthy. Not like the basic thing a shepherd should do. The healthy, the ones who are easiest to take care of, actually feed them. But a bad shepherd doesn't even do that. Eats the meat of choice sheep. The bad shepherd takes advantage of the sheep. 
using them for its own benefit, for its own well-being. And finally it says, tearing off their hooves. Bad shepherd doesn't let the sheep leave. The bad shepherd wants the sheep there all the time. This is how a bad shepherd works. When we trust in Jesus, when we become part of his flock, we can trust that he is the good shepherd. He's going to lead us in the best ways and the best paths and do everything he can to take care of us. Not only fulfilling all of those things to care for the lost, to seek the young, to heal the injured, to feed the healthy. Jesus says he lays down his life for the sheep. There is no limitation to Jesus' love and care for those who are in his flock. Jesus came down to earth. He lived within the limitations of humanity. He guided people into the best way to live, invited them to follow him, accept his way, and provided his salvation through the cross, through the grave, and his resurrection. He says, follow me in this way. I am the good shepherd and you will have life. Isaiah 53, 6, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And it concludes with, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus came to do everything that we couldn't. To the limitations that we have, Jesus fulfilled all of those. And demonstrated that there is no limit to his love and care for us. And for you today, if you hear his voice and you listen to him and follow him. In the year 1934, in Nazi Germany, the voice of Jesus was probably pretty hard to hear. Hitler was in charge at the time, and there were lots of things going on that didn't seem very Christian. But there were churches in Germany that basically aligned themselves with the Nazi party and the political powers of the day because things seemed to be going good. Germany had been recovering from the defeat of World War I. Things were getting better. Maybe this is the blessed way to live. Maybe this is the right way to go. But some churches gathered together because they could see through the lie. They could see the thieves and the ripoff artists at work. And they crafted a statement called the Barman Declaration, which opens with these words. Jesus Christ as he is attested for us in Holy Scripture, is the one word of God which we have to hear and which we have to trust and obey in life and in death. Can you imagine standing up in Nazi Germany when the government is asking you to declare your full allegiance to them all the time or they will kill you and saying this? Proclaiming that Jesus is the only voice that we need to listen to. The only voice that we need to trust and obey in life and death. Confronted with a very powerful, scary, and seemingly successful government, churches in Germany at the time had the bravery to stand up and say, no, we follow the good shepherd. The rest of you are thieves and ripoff artists. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep 
like these churches, know me. Hopefully today in what you've heard from me, what you've heard in worship, you've heard the voice of Jesus. And if you haven't already joined his flock, maybe you felt some encouragement to do so. And a reminder of the foundational truth I wanted you to walk away with today, which is simply this. Following Jesus and listening to his voice leads to freedom and salvation. Trusting only in ourselves or others leads to deception and destruction. And one of the ways, of course, that Jesus can be known is in this meal, in this table that we're gathering around today. As we hear this invitation to the table, we come to a meal where Jesus is sitting with us. Like it says in Psalm 23, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. For those crafting the Barman Declaration, they were definitely staring at their enemies in that. But today Jesus invites us to a meal of bread that symbolizes his body and juice that symbolizes his blood. But he is here with us in this meal, in this space, calling to us, guiding us, inviting us to be a part of his flock, to walk through his gate and to hear his voice. Every time I try to make it on my own Every time I try to stand, start to fall And all those lonely roads that I have traveled on It was Jesus When this life I built came crashing to the ground When the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now There was Jesus And the waiting, and the searching, and the healing, and the hurting Like a blessed buried in the broken pieces Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know or couldn't see, there was Jesus. For this man who needs amazing kind of grace, forgiveness at a price I I'm not perfect, so I thank God every day. It was Jesus. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing, and the hurt, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment, where I've been. Where I'm going, even when I didn't know it, couldn't see it. There was Jesus in the mountains, in the valleys. There was Jesus in the shadows, in the alleys. There was Jesus in the fire, 
And the flood There was Jesus Always is And always was No, I'll never walk alone You were always there In the waiting In the searching In the healing And the hurting Like the blessed buried in the broken pieces Every minute Every moment Where I've been And where I'm going Even when I didn't know I couldn't see it There was Jesus There was Jesus